Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk. On this episode I'm joined by Kristen. Some of you might know her as the Paranorm Girl podcast. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a bit of a, a chilled laid back episode because there's lots to talk about. I'm a bit of a fan of Kristen's podcast so without further ado let's uh, get Kristen in. Hello Kristen. Hello Reeves. How's it going? It's going all right. So you're back. You, I haven't talked to you actually uh God, it's got to be since when was it last time I actually we you were on was it the summer it yeah it was it's, it's been a good uh, amount of time maybe like five six months yeah or so we did a live stream wasn't it oh yes we did do the live stream yeah. as well yeah I was thinking about the first time we uh we recorded together on your show but yeah we, we did that live stream that was a lot of fun well actually when when we did the first one that was nearly a year ago I think oh my gosh yeah. my brain so that mm-hmm. was uh because Paratalk version two nearly a year old i think anyway so yeah um so you've been quite busy because i know that you've been putting out a lot of a lot of content so i thought i want to get you back on an episode and kind of pick your brains because you've really kind of diversified and you're doing a a lot of different stuff lately um, i mean you've been quite busy haven't you uh yeah you could say that i i feel like i've come out from under a, a like a heavy blanket of just chaos and non-stop doing um october as you as you might know being a paranormal podcast yourself yeah. october is a, is a busy time for us yeah. very very busy and you know that was by design i knew going in it was going to be crazy non-stop madness but you know it was like two episodes a week which was really eye-opening and tons of guests I'm, I've, I've got some really outstanding guests coming on the show now and of course carrying on with the uh subject for the season psychics and mediums and all of that um yeah it's just kind of it, it seems like there's something new every day to tackle so for those uh new listeners to uh paratalk uh, now you do something a little bit different with your uh, episodes. You don't just do an episode. You you do kind of uh, a mini series of one thing and you do multiple episodes, don't you? You're still doing that. Is that still your kind of thing? Yeah, I'm kind of carrying on with that, carrying the torch for that. I, I don't see a lot of other podcasts that do it like that i like to think of it as binge worthy because <laughs> i'm such a fan of things that i can binge and and subjects that i like to learn about so yeah i'm, I'm still doing that I, I do like maybe like nine or ten episodes per season on the actual subject itself and then i i like to piecemeal it out and intersperse um interviews with varying experts and uh, experiencers of the paranormal in between so it's they tend to be they're getting longer. The seasons are getting much yeah. longer. Yeah. Started out maybe like two or three months for the first season. And now I think I'm going on like, uh, month five now for this one. So, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. The problem is when you have interesting topics and interesting guests is mm-hmm. you try to do, you know, I speak from my perspective, but I'm, I'm sure it's the same for you. Um, you, you try and, get as much information as possible in into a show and then sometimes you sit back and after the show you think god that was two hours long and you really worry what i do about putting a show up two hours long because you you don't want people to think well i can't listen to all this and then you Mm -hmm. think well what do i do do i chop it up do i make lots of like mini episodes which sometimes a good thing if you run into that because you've some of your episodes are kind of pretty much deep dive i mean you Mm -hmm. did a one on uh, i think it was exorcism 
and it's like yeah that must have been quite yeah. difficult to put together something like that there's a lot of research there yeah there's a ton of research and when when i do run into that problem i find i i have to chop it up into you know two um i don't think i've done three part yet but you know it's coming at some point because some of these subjects are just so you have to go so in depth and explore all those different areas and aspects of just just the thing you're talking about that day and it goes some of these rabbit holes they go very very deep yeah. and you you just can't get it in in a 30-minute, you know, 45-minute episode. So what would you say, since we last spoke, what would you say was your favorite episode so far that you've sort of done out of the new, the new content you've produced this year? <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I got a lot of feedback for this one, but I personally, I just, I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked the ectoplasm episode quite a bit. I wasn't expecting to like it that much, but it was just so interesting and so um, embarrassing, like, like, but in a fun way to like, just watch uh, the, the physical mediums of the time. It was the height of the spiritualism yeah. moment everybody was producing ectoplasm all of a sudden and that that was the thing um and that was just it, it was a subject it was cool because it was a subject going in uh in my mind i thought well there's you know there's not gonna be that much here and there's not gonna be all these like twists and turns and love triangles and all of that and uh you know I'm, i'll i'll get to the end of it and move on but yeah it was um yeah it was very eye-opening it was very it was a lot more in depth than I thought it was going to go. And people who have listened to that episode, they're going to know what I'm talking about. It, it turned into a bit of a drinking game because I kept having to talk about something in that particular episode that was very unexpected uh, about the female anatomy and, and where ectoplasm uh, is produced from. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is um, an interesting topic that you've touched because I, I did a, quite a lot of uh, reading on uh, the spiritualist uh, rev movement uh, the mm -hmm. uh, from from like you know the 18th century the early days where you would go to a a night out and now we go clubbing and those days you'd go to a, a seance uh, you'd see like um you know lady uh, lady whatever her name was and she was maybe a medium and she mm -hmm. was uh, could materialize spirits. And you would uh, go into a room and buy a ticket and sit around a table. And you're like, I'm going to see something. This is going to be great. And what you turned all the lights out. Why have you turned? No, it's got to be done in the dark. We can <laughs> yeah, only have yeah. a little, a tiny little red light. Oh, that's all right. I can still see stuff. And where's the, the medium going to be? She's going to be in that box. And we're going to put a curtain across her. Yeah. Well, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah. How do we know? Well, just trust me. How do we know what's, you know, okay, I'm, I'm being a bit, silly here but the fact is that when you look at it from our modern day perspective mm -hmm. and you say okay well there was things going on i was in the room and there were i could hear a, there were trumpets on the table and i could hear them being played and i heard them go around my head and i could yeah. hear a stick tapping on the table oh, what, what did you see i couldn't see anything because we had to have our eyes closed you know <laughs> and it was in the dark um yeah. so it seems silly doesn't it, does, it? yeah it, it seems like you know some of the, the the three stooges would do but uh but i mean i would have loved to get in a time machine and go back to those days and to experience something like that because i don't believe i for one moment i don't believe that they were all fakers and frauds 
Yeah, I, I yeah. certainly don't believe that for one minute. I do think that there were people back then that had some form of ability, whatever that mm-hmm. might be. But there were fakers and frauds back then because it was very lucrative to get into that stuff because there were a lot of people, you know, we're talking, you know, the end of a world war, sons and fathers and whatever have been lost, you know, they never came back. And, you know, the, the whole photography thing, you know, uh, photographers got into it and like, come in to yeah. our studio. We can, you know, we can put your son on the picture. We can materialize him. No, you're just doing a double exposure. It sounds horrible, right? It sounds horrible now. And it sounds funny when like we're taking the mic, but when you look at it, in modern day times and then you look back i understand in a way if somebody goes and has something like that done it is comforting to have a picture like that it's comforting but you know like anything there's always going to be unscrupulous people but for one moment i do think that back then in the spiritualist days there was a real core of proper paranormal stuff going on but unfortunately it kind of gets a little bit smothered you know oh yeah no you know what i agree with you um of course any time in history that that there's been a, a phenomenon like this, there's always been that section of people who are they're they're predators, you know, they're preying on people's beliefs yeah. and need for this hope. Because you're right, it was it was you know the, there was the war and yep. people had lost so much, um, and it was very <laughs> depressed and dark time for a lot of people, and they needed that hope, and there were those people. Um, you know, quite like the Fox sisters who saw an opportunity to make money and, and prey on, on unsuspecting people. And on the flip side of that, you know, people, people do kind of want to be tricked to some extent too. They, they want to believe so much that they're willing to sit in a dark room and just believe that the medium inside the box that you can't see and, and, you know, all of this is real. So there is that aspect to it, but it is something that I struggle with. Uh, coming up here to the end of the season yeah. is this idea of like, like you, I think there is something there. I think there is an ability. I think people have had this capability of doing this for real. And then there's this other side of it, um, you know, with the unscrupulous behavior and the hoaxing and the fraudulence. And it, it, the question in, in my mind is like, even if there is good, to be had here and experienced by people and hope to be given how much harm is this other side of it doing too so it's something that i struggle with a bit oh yeah i mean the mediums uh where it's uh, direct voice mediumship or mm-hmm. whatever it is i mean there's definitely a lot of stuff that went on back then that is had people you know proper uh scientists witness it and say you know this really happened and we don't we can't yeah. explain it but there are also you know, people that have you know, been a bit unscrupulous and tried to get away with stuff and, you know, all the all manner of tricks and stuff just to make people part with their money. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I say, that's the nature. It still goes on today. You know, it goes, it's gone through yeah. the ages. You know, you're going to get that, you know, 50-50. But, you know, I still, it still intrigues me, that whole era of the, the mm-hmm. spiritualist movement. Um, there was something about it. I mean, it, it kind of captured something. And it was a, a, it was a movement that anybody could be part of and it you know you could come on board and you could get involved and even if it just made you feel good uh, comforting that mm-hmm. sort of thing then that's you mm-hmm. know it's a positive thing but um yeah i mean it, it there was that negative as well but unfortunately as we said you know it's it's the same with with a lot of things these days is and back then it you know people don't change do they, they you know you got your gits <laughs> everywhere <laughs> yeah anyway so um moving on moving on from spiritualism 
Um, I, um, as I said earlier, been giving some of your episodes a listen, and and one episode kind of stood out. I went, aha, this episode <laughs> is uh, relevant. I find my, much relevance to this episode, and that is the uh, uh, the Stargate episode. Uh, that you did. Yeah. You got some feedback. You got some quite good feedback on that, didn't you? I did. Yes, surprisingly. I was not expecting it, but a lot of people are, I don't know if you knew this, Reeves, a lot of people are interested in this subject of remote yes. viewing and Stargate and oh, SRI. Yes. My goodness. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? I, I loved it too. At the end of it, it was, it ended up being quite long so I, I chopped it up into two uh, parts to it. But uh, yeah, it's a fascinating uh, look at this phenomenon. I feel like if somebody is on the fence about the psychic phenomenon in general, yep. look at what we're doing at uh, at SRI and these scientific protocols that were being taken and these trials and experiments. It's just it's mind blowing what they were able to accomplish. Did you um, ever get the opportunity to read the papers that were published on the Black Vault um, website from the remote viewing of a particular place uh, back in the day when we had the all this kind of Stargate and, and they were doing remote viewing. And mm -hmm. uh, there was a, a document that was released and it was, uh, it looks pretty official to me. Um, and uh, it was of uh, individuals that were asked to basically give an envelopes and they said, you want you to, uh, rev you know, view these coordinates. You want mm -hmm. to give us your impression of these coordinates. And, uh, of course, they're narrating. I can see, like, a lot, you know, a vast area. Um, I can see people. They're a lot taller than what we are. Uh, there seems to be a lot of um, sadness in the air. I'm in, a, I'm in a very tall building. It's made of stone. It's very dark. It's kind of like very sort of a parched area. There's a lot of sand. And then, you know, mm. at the end of it, after they'd done their review... Uh, they're like, w where are we reviewing anyway? Well, that's a location on Mars. Oh, whoa. so well, I did not. I did not see those papers. No, <laughs> I'll send them to you. I think, that, I think that would have stuck out. <laughs> yeah, that, I'll send you the papers. There, I've got a copy of them. Okay. Uh, it's an interesting read. Now, some people have said, "Oh, it's it's all a lot of uh, fake nonsense," but um, there's a lot of stories out there that from uh, we we talk about the Stargate project and. And people say, oh, well, there's a Stargate in uh, in Iraq, isn't there? There's one in Iraq. There's one over, you know, there's lots of these, uh, uh, I'm going to call them, uh, not myths, but people talk, I've talked about them for a long time. And there's, of course, there's lots of other projects that have come along the way that uh, people have talked about. And we'll touch on a touch a few of those as well, because they are, they are pretty fascinating. It's what I kind of got into the scene with. I mean, I go back to... Um, the early sort of early 1990s where this kind of stuff that you've just uh, did an episode on was absolutely massive. It was, it was huge. Everyone was talking about stargates. Everyone mm -hmm. was talking about, um, uh, you know, being able to places that you could go into, you know, to different planets and stuff. And everyone was a, a time traveler. Because uh, you had the um, the John Titer, remember him? Mm -hmm. And you had yeah. him posting in the forums uh, saying that he was from the future and that he'd come back in time to get a piece of an old computer because in the future, uh, there's no modern technology. They're using old technology because there's been a war and they're just re trying to rebuild civilization. And he's they've got the ability to have these mobile teleport units, which he's come back with and that he's mm -hmm. a soldier. 
Uh, fascinating stuff. Uh, you know, it Absolutely. might have been a load of it might have been a load of old nonsense, but it would have made a great <laughs> film. I mean, he was he just popped up. This guy popped up in a forum, and the thing was that people were asking him questions, which were um, based on you know on on mathematics and stuff, and he was answering it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he was giving proper answers. So even though you you know you you could go out and look for the answers and find the answers. It was written in such a way where it was a matter of fact, like he already knew the answers. Some of the stuff he talked about didn't really ring 100% true. He did say something, some stuff about our future mm-hmm. that uh, didn't really ring true. Would never. Yeah, came yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask you next. Yeah. If he had, if he had yes. said, "Yeah, this thing happened," and then we saw it happen like that, I wonder. But, but there was another answer for that. He said that. Um, uh, I can't. I'm. I'm. I can't quote him for word for word. But he did mention that uh, some of the things might not come true because we might not because of our the way that we are the way that we're going. We might not enter that timeline. Oh. We might not split off into that timeline for those events to actually manifest. If we do certain <laughs> things, we'll stay on a certain track. And uh, okay. fascinating. And of course, he after mm-hmm. a while, he just disappeared after a bunch of posts. But what I was going to say was back then, in those days, uh, there was lots of stuff going on. And mm-hmm. we had, you know, the Stargate stuff and the people were talking about that. And of course, the crop circles were big and all that sort of stuff. Right. I'm going to I'm going to just wonder if you've heard of any of these. So are you are you familiar with um, Project Pegasus? I am not. Right. So Project Pegasus. Right. And people out there will. Most people get well, not all, but some people listening to this are going, "Oh, shut up!" You know, here we go, here we go, story time, Jack and Ori. Okay. So, um, I always mess, I always mess up this chap's name, but it's Andrew, Andrew, Andrew DeBassigo. That's the best I can do. Sorry if I've murdered it, but that's the best I can do. He is kind of like the the front runner of this Project Pegasus. He is someone that was in the limelight about. Well, he still is in the limelight, but people were talking to him, talking about him big time, maybe 10, 15 years ago, because he said something that was so bizarre that you would think clearly this guy is just having a laugh. So mm-hmm. he was apparently taken by the uh, military complex at a young age because he proved or he'd shown that he had quite strong psychic abilities. Now, are you familiar with the 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 indigo child uh, phenomenon? I, I'm aware of it. Yeah, okay. not super familiar, but yeah, I know what it is. Right. So apparently he is in he's in that kind of ilk. You know, he's sort of uh, you know I I don't okay. know exactly all the ins and outs, but I know that he's been said that he's got some sort of ability or something like that. Anyway, he was taken on. Now let's just let's pretend all this is real. Let's just tell it like it is. Um, I don't know. I wasn't there. So I'm just relaying it as stuff I've read and researched. So he was taken on and they they went into this secret organization and he had these uh, abilities and they thought this guy's, you know, we're going to bring him, we're going to train him, we're going to bring him up. And uh, as a young man, we're going to send him on missions. And what kind of missions would he go on? Well, apparently he was going to go on missions to different planets, different places. Uh, that was his job. And uh, apparently one of them, and I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep all this really kind of for the sake of uh, the, the podcast. And I don't, 
we don't go on and on. There's plenty of information out there if you want to just do a bit of Googling. But uh, basically, he went to Mars. And they had this, allegedly, allegedly, the government, this is the American government, they have this device, and it's known as a, a jump room. And he likened it to a, an, a, what you would call an elevator. We call a mm-hmm. lift. And you go into this box, the doors close, you feel a bit weird for a few moments, a bit like disorientated, a bit dizzy, like you've got right. up a bit too quick. The doors open and you are where you are. And apparently he went to Mars through the, using this device. I don't know if he went more than once, but he does talk about he went to Mars. And when he was on Mars, I don't know whether he, he met them when they were on Mars or he went to Mars with them, but apparently on this same uh, team of people that were doing these mm-hmm. ex you know these missions or whatever you want to call them was mm-hmm. someone that we all know and that is the one of America's presidents which is Barack Obama <laughs> when he wasn't a president <laughs> he was a teenage boy and uh-huh. was it Barry Barry Salugo or whatever I can't yeah, remember Barry I can't remember yeah uh, but anyway Barry. Let's call him Barry because that's what okay. his name was back okay. then. He wasn't Obama <laughs> then. He was Barry. So, uh, yeah. So, um, ap- allegedly. Once again, I've got to get that in there because I'm not talking fact here. I'm allegedly. So, uh, but, we're you know, let's pretend. Let's pretend all this really did happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he saw Obama on a Mars and he said, you know, it was a, a rocky place and he was able to breathe. Uh, but and they And there were creatures on Mars and these creatures looked like they were made of rocks and they chased them. And they had to run back to their um, device, the, their tel- the jump room, yeah, yeah, and come back to Earth. Uh, wow, bizarre! Wow, so he was he was chased off of Mars, yeah. by rock rock creatures, uh, like uh, get off with- my land, get off my rocks, <laughs> get, <laughs> get, get out of my, my yard, yeah. yeah, with with Barack Obama. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Now this now apparently okay, so. Um, this this apparently happened. What this is back in the, we're going back to like nineteen eighties. This is no, he talks about this. This is around the nineteen eighties, mm-hmm. and you know that okay. in the nineteen eighties anything was possible. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> so you know we had Battlestar Galactica, we had Miami Vice. Anything was possible. <laughs> um, so moving on a little bit, um, another one of my favorite um, time travel, you know, places things, mm-hmm. is a little bit more uh, convoluted because there's more than one person involved with it. And some of these people I'm going to mention, you might not know who they are. You might mm-hmm. know who they are. So, but there are people listening that are going to go, oh, I know these people. I've seen all their videos. They're, you know, okay. it's great. So, Okay, if, I'm, I'm curious. Okay, go ahead. So I just want to, I just want to mention these people in a minute and, and then we'll talk about the, what they were involved in. So Al Bilbick, Al Bilbick Peter Moon, Duncan Cameron, and Preston Nichols. Now, these people, most people listen to, oh, I haven't got a clue. I have no mm-hmm. idea who that is. You could have been anyone. Well, there's a crossover here. Some of these people allegedly were involved with the Philadelphia experiment. Uh, you know, the ship that allegedly right. did a little bit right. of time traveling or it mm-hmm. went invisible. And um, also uh, the Montauk uh, project. Now, are you familiar with the Montauk Project? I'm not familiar okay. with the Montauk Project, no. So I'm going to be, as once again, I'm going to be really uh, 
simplify everything here because no, yeah. if we go if we go a deep dive, we're going to be here forever. So <laughs> the Montauk Project is in Montauk Camp Hero. It's a, a base, an army base, and it's just outside of I think Camp Hero. It's just outside of New York, I think. Um, so it's still there. It's still a place. You know, you can go there. Um, it was um, a base, and apparently there it was a base within a base. There was a secret thing going on there. They were experimenting with, uh, allegedly, they were experimenting with time travel. And the way they were doing it is they were using young children, young boys, who had good psychic ability. Uh, one of these individuals was a, a Duncan Cameron, sadly passed away now. Um, he was a young boy. He was taken and they had what was called the chair. Now, the chair was able to project you forward. I think it was forward or backward in time, but I'm pretty sure it was forward in time. You would be connected up to all these electrodes and all this stuff, and then it would project your, I think it projected your consciousness forward in time. And they, Preston Nichols wrote a book on this uh, about how he was involved with the project. And he was a, he he was doing he was a, like into le- electronics and stuff like that. He was a bit of a whiz mm-hmm. with stuff like that. A lot mm-hmm. of people a lot of people gave him a bad rap, right? And I must say that some of the stuff Preston Nichols is no longer with us, but he's a bit of a quirky guy. All right, if you watch some of his early videos, you think, oh, he's a bit. He comes across as a bit mental, but I'm not. You know, if you he's he's a bit knowledgeable about stuff. He knew a lot about sound, about frequency, and he mm-hmm. had some interesting theories. And unfortunately, back in the day, right, all you had was a, a VHS video camera. And the I'm, I'm talking about internet version 1.0, where anybody could be anyone, you know? And all yeah. you needed was a video camera and mm-hmm. get it on the internet and you were a superstar. You know, it was, right. there was no YouTube. There was none of that. You just had these little websites and that's where, and forums mainly, and that's mainly where, like, I'm trying to think of the name. There was a like a paranormal sci-fi paranormal forum, and that's where I first learned about Preston Nichols, the Montauk Project, Duncan Cameron, uh, those kind of people, and that kind of stuff. And I started to get into it and and watch these videos, and I fell down this rabbit hole. And he tells the story of how they were all involved with this project. But if we go back a bit further, that Duncan Cameron, who at the time was a young man, I would say late 30s, maybe early 40s. Um, he and Al, who was a young man back in the days of the um, uh, the, the, the Philadelphia experiment, mm-hmm. somehow they were on this ship and it went back in time to many, many years in, in the past and it me- rematerialized in the past they were then projected somehow that somehow they got stuck in that timeline and then they got back into the you know into the future it's a it's a mind splitting story yeah, yeah. The, that, the, that that was with the philadelphia experiment is that yeah yeah the philadelphia I hear you right okay okay but apparently this this you know this technology that they would they were using to make this render this ship invisible and we know that there was some experimentation going on back in those days to make uh, 
military objects invisible to radar and mm. by using uh, electromagnification and all that stuff and to make it disappear, basically, so it couldn't be seen on radar. Um, but apparently something went wrong and it the, the ship dematerialized and all of the crew basically were either welded into the decks and welded into the ship because it it basically disappeared and wherever who you they were when it rematerialized you were stuck in a wall or whatever and anyone that didn't you know was lucky enough to uh, not be you know stuck on the ship w- went insane went mental went just oh. lost their minds so um you you don't you don't really know what to believe but mm-hmm. there is always what i what i always say is when we have stories like this somewhere there's a little grain of truth somewhere i believe that yeah, yeah there's yeah. a little grain of truth and from you know from small acorns and all that and you think i've got to find that little grain of truth so that i can then go back and find out what possibly this real story was i find these stories mm-hmm. i mean there are some things in the stories and and quite rightly so some of it's you know some of it's quite laughable but mm-hmm. when you sort of tear it down uh, for example there was um with montauk okay they this is what they were doing they were they were taking these young boys sometimes they were being uh used against their will okay mm-hmm. basically being kept prisoner in this base and they were being put in these chairs and their energies their psychic uh, abilities their psychic energies were being used so that they could manifest and you know be able to travel in time or whatever and um right something went wrong and the chair overloaded and it was basically opened a portal and there is this very famous picture out there um and it's of at the fields around Montauk by the base and you can see what looks like it's a very low quality picture but still a very talked about picture um apparently this portal opened and uh everything went haywire they couldn't shut it down and this giant sasquatch like creature walked through the portal holy what and then walked off across the fields out of the base <laughs> across the fields and the only way that they could shut this uh portal down was to cut the main you know the main electricity feed to the uh to the dish which was in some way helping generate this kind of thing so okay. yeah so uh that happened whoa you're, you you just blew my mind that was a, a like a twist i wasn't expecting because I, I don't you know like i said i don't know anything about well, what, this. what that... it's like what did you do at work today well i went to work and we had an overload and the chair fell over, and then this giant Sasquatch came out and walked out of the building and walked across the fields. And then we had to basically <laughs> smash up the generator to make it stop. That's Dude, what I how did. Was you, how was your day, honey? What's for dinner? <laughs> What's oh, for tea? Wow. So yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I. All right, okay. There's a lot of stuff out there uh, when we talk about um, bases and uh, time travel. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that might be a lot of old, uh, you know, someone's made a story up and somebody's taken it and run with it. And forums are a great place to uh, to lay seeds. And you, you need to put down a, an idea and then everyone else will create a story around it. And that's true. That's true for anything. Sure. But um, yeah. some of these stories, I mean, Mars, for example, Mars. We look at Mars now and there's a lot of research going on with Mars saying, you know, there's a possibility that... Um, 
there might have been a civilization on Mars a long time ago, hundreds of thousands, mm-hmm. if not millions of years ago. But, there's, there's, but we look at all these pictures on Mars and people are starting to, more people are going, hang on a minute, what's that? What's mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and that makes me think, well, there's someone, is there someone in NASA that's letting these pictures slip through the net or not just Photoshopping everything, thinking we have to get the, we have to get the message out somehow, but we don't want to do it in, well, well, there you go. There's a housing estate there. Sorry. You know, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Oops. Yeah. So yeah. if you. Yeah. I, I've seen some of those uh, yeah. photos. I think you shared one with me that yeah. was very intriguing. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, how can you deny I'm looking at this thing? I'm, I'm looking at a picture unless they're all Photoshop, but yeah. I just don't think it's the case. I have, um, when it comes to things like Mars, I have kind of um, uh, a little bit of a skeptical and a little bit of uh, an open mind to it. And I've always, fasc- mm-hmm. Mars has always fascinated me, maybe because it's our, well, what are we call it? I mean, the moon is our closest neighbor, but the closest planet planet is, you know, Mars. And mm-hmm. I, I think that, um, when when you think of Mars, you uh, you think well, you know maybe just maybe there was a a thriving civilization there long before we were little amoebas in little you know in the soup in the soup of life <laughs> we were just that and there was this civilization there and something happened a, a massive calamity happened and and maybe maybe parts of their planet came to us and there was the right bacteria on those comets or whatever or and plopped into the soup and 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 we are the we are their ancestors mm-hmm. in a way or mm-hmm. we look at stuff i mean for example if you go back 10 years the governments would say ufo's there's no such thing you know it's just it's swamp gas it's nothing do you, you we don't we don't research that stuff and now we've got the 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 governments of the world saying well, yeah, there is something, and we're going to rename it. We're going to change it from UFOs to UAPs because it's more palatable, and we're giving, and that way we can change it and make it like, well, it's not. We're not denying UFOs because that's never existed. But these UAPs, yeah, these are definitely. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's right. Like, oh yeah, yeah, and it's got. It's like they're they they did it ahead of time. Yeah. Did they do it ahead of time because they know that ultimately, you know, it is going to be revealed or there is something there and they kind of want to soften the path a little yeah. bit leading up to it. It can't be a UFO. No. God forbid. It cannot be that. But oh, no, because they've UAP, denied that for 50 mm-hmm. years, 70 right, years or whatever. Right. They've denied that. They've denied that UFOs exist for all mm-hmm. those years. They've denied since Roswell. N- although, let's be honest, ro- UFOs are being seen a long, long, long time before the oh, Roswell yeah. case. You know, you've got yeah. accounts of ancient Rome people seeing stuff. You've got accounts of mm-hmm. ancient Europe and people seeing stuff. And even goes back to the Bible where they talk of stuff in the sky. So it's just it's ludicrous to think that Roswell was the beginning of the UFOs. But in <laughs> in the in in the you know in the minds of the general public. Uh, Roswell was beginning of the flying saucer era and so the government is saying no we're not denying that because that never existed but what we are uh, uh, admitting to is these UAPs that's something different no it's not it's the same thing you're just changing that you're just changing the name you know what it got to a certain point where they couldn't deny that there is there was something there's something up there in the sky people are seeing it we're videotaping it the military is videotaping it and releasing it, mm-hmm. and they don't know what it is either but there's something there and we know it's not us and we know it's not 
you know, somebody else, another country. Like, so they, it just got to a point where they couldn't deny it anymore. So I understand the way that, that these blocks are being laid down now, why they're, they're talking about these UAPs and, and, and having these congressional hearings and all of that. Like I get it. So, um, coming, coming around to UFOs and stuff Mm -hmm. and stepping back into the realm of Stargates, where do you think, where do you think, uh, they may have come from? Who, who do you think gave the technology for uh, even a Stargate to be a thing? A Stargate. So, you know, this is going to be uh, an interesting, I might waffle a little bit because the Stargate project that while they might have gone there and that had to do with yeah. remote viewing, like being able to go to places like Mars and Ingo Swan seeing rings around Jupiter yeah. and go uh, back and forth in time as well. Um, I didn't really do any specific study on like the concept of Stargates yeah. themselves. So just to clarify, that's like, it's, it's, it's a portal, yeah. correct? Yeah. In basic terms. Uh, I mean, is it, is it just, uh, e- too easy to say? Yes. I think it's <laughs> ultra intelligent life that has given us this or a future civilization, something like that. Is that, is that kind <laughs> well, no, of ducking I mean, out of that answer? I think a lot of, um, our past and a lot of, um, prehistory, uh, yeah. going back to, you know, beyond the Egyptians and the Mayans and all that. I think that uh, the the history that was sold is a very, um, uh, let me find the right word because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm being horrible, but I think the history that we're being sold and being told and it's being put in the books that we our children read is a history that is uh, narratively uh, constructed in a way that makes it palatable for the powers that be uh, to keep us from not really asking too many questions. Oh, so, for okay. example, if you go back to ancient Egypt and you look at the, the pyramids and you look at the Sphinx, we know that the Sphinx and the pyramids were uh, built at different times because you can look at the, uh, the Sphinx and some people, like people like, um, uh, you know, uh, Hancock um, uh, and his research on uh, ancient Egypt and ancient peoples, um, and when you look at the Sphinx and you can see, you know, uh, watermarks where mm-hmm. there's possibly there was an ocean and that was at some point in in the sea. There was a, you know, there was water around it and that's what it gave, you know, made erosion on it. And so right. and, pe- and other people say, no, 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 that's not what happened. That was just wear and tear. That's just the sand and the wind and all that stuff. And and you look at the um, the pyramids and you look where well, you look at the earlier pyramids mm-hmm. where they look a bit, they look a bit crap. You know, they're like, they, they've made it and they're like, nah, that's not, that's not that good. Let's just, just bury that. Just forget that one. Start again. <laughs> you know, that was a bit, that's a bit, uh, they can't put him in there. That's, you can't, that's horrible. So, um, yeah. And then you make, and then they suddenly jump to these amazing pyramids, right. you know, that, that dominate, dominate. I mean, if this, just dominate the, 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 the scene that you look and you see these huge structures and you think, Wow. You know, those people that built that, they, and you look at the quality of the workmanship, you go back, Mm -hmm. you know, you go back um, all those years, you know, you look at some of the uh, ancient things that were built on this planet and you look at the ruins and you look at the precision that they were made. You know, some of the precision of the blocks that you can't even get a cigarette paper between them. And you think those are cut with such amazing precision. We can't do that today. 
you know yeah. even with the technology we got we, we could most probably do it but it would we'd have to take us a bleeding long time to figure it out and stuff and these people seem to be like no sweat we can do that give me a give yeah. me a give me a chisel and an hammer and i'll just knock that out for you in an afternoon yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That's that's so interesting. Like it was distinctly different from its preceding versions. Like if we're looking at the Sphinx or the you know the pyramids, distinctly different. Uh, the craftsmanship, the precision, and even in our modern times, we look back and don't really understand how 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 that took place. How did they do it? Like what was the method? So that, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they didn't do it. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, you know, oh, yeah, they all had like you know, black and deckers and stuff. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that where did they get where did they get the knowledge from? Where did they get mm-hmm. the technology from? Was there someone else on this planet saying, Don't do it like that. Do it like this, you know? Do it this yeah. way. And and were there I mean, because there are, you know, there are legends. There are legends that the there were these uh people around that were uh coming out into civilization and, and uh, showing people the way and showing them how to do things a better way and of course then you go back to the uh the myth and the legend of atlantis and the people that lived on atlantis because apparently atlantis was so techno technology uh technology advanced you know and yeah, they had these yeah. great buildings and and they came out and they taught people and stuff so you know it's um it's not always aliens okay it's not always uh aliens that came down and uh taught everyone maybe there was something else going on there. But the fact is that when we look at these stories and you look at people saying, well, yeah, there was a, we went to Mars or there was a, you know, there was a, a stargate in the desert, which was dug up and taken away because whatever. And I think to myself, the older I get, the more I'm like, you know what? That might just be true. That might just be true. It might be a lot of cobblers, but it might just be true. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that's, that's, I got to say is happening to me as well. The older I get and the more that I learn and my mind is just expanded to the possibilities, the sheer possibilities, the the likelihood that everything, our history, how all of the stuff was done is just as it has been laid out for us. The likelihood that that is the case continues to go down. It just goes down further and further. Um, the, uh, the possibility that, yeah, maybe not aliens, but, you know, some advanced civilization, um, other intelligence, um, some kind of um, in, input or, um, you know, influence yeah. over, over us at that time. Like, I feel that is highly possible. Absolutely. Well, the thing with aliens... Well, we, we, we kind of got it in our mindset ever since Whitley Strieber had his experience and the book Communion come out and the film Communion come out. Uh, the the grey, you know, the face of the grey was not really a thing until that book cover dropped on the shelves and everybody started mm-hmm. saying, uh, well, not everyone, but there were people out there who said, hang on a minute, I'm having these experiences. I'm seeing these these things. Right. So that kind of opened the door there, you know, and um I think with the with this kind of abductions and and experiences that uh, people are having, see, if you go back a little bit to sort of the seventies, the sixties and seventies, right? Maybe the fifties as well, but mainly the sixties and seventies, when people had experiences with aliens, they usually they were never the same. Somebody might say, "Yeah, I was uh, I was cycling home, and uh, I got around a corner." And there was this giant lizard robot man and he, and he had a spaceship and he was looking at me 
and he tried to grab my arm, but I cycled off. So there was it was that right, and then somebody else might say, um, "I had an experience, and it was a giant jellyfish." Mm-hmm. But now, now modern day, mm-hmm. everyone says it was grey. It was a little grey little man with uh, big eyes, and he didn't say nothing, but he looked quite angry, and he got hold of my leg. So, and everyone has that. So, is it that the phenomenon is like caught caught on to like, well, we know what we got to look like now. It's the whole kind of cat in an alien, you know, an alien cat. Do aliens, it's like, is a Bigfoot like an alien with a suit on? You know, it, that paranormal mm-hmm. kind of thing. Is is the phenomenon that we're experiencing, is it a, it's not a, it's not a materialistic phenomenon like we are here. Well, are we here? I don't know. Or are we in a simula- mm-hmm. simulation? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's another question. But the fact is that, is the phenomenon manifesting in a way that we can understand it because mm-hmm. we cannot we cannot perceive it if we if it would present in itself in its natural form because we just we're not programmed to understand it we can only interpret things on a certain you know a certain spectrum of vision a certain frequency of hearing a certain you know our, we can only see things with what we've got and if if it goes beyond that we ain't going to see it you know, we're not going to be aware. Look, an ant, for example, you go to work, right? And you see a little mm-hmm. a little ladybird having a little walk having a, and he's got some food or whatever and he's got a leaf and he's walking back to his house. Well, not a house, but you know what I mean. And he's a little <laughs> ladybird. He's got no idea, right? He's got no idea what's going on in the Ukraine. He's got no idea that I've got to go to work. He's got no right. idea that I've got to pay bills. He mm-hmm. All he knows is he's got a leaf and he's got to get it back to his house. That's all he knows. That's all that's relevant in his world. And if you kind of take that and maximize it by whatever, right, um, mm-hmm. that's us. That ladybird is us. When it comes to alien, well, let's say aliens, when it comes to um, other consciousnesses, right, right. Other, other things, other whatever they are, um, I, you know, we say aliens, immediately you say aliens, immediately you think, oh, they're from, from another planet. They might not be from another planet. It might already be here. We yeah, might. yeah. Maybe it's just something we can't perceive. Yeah, you know, hiding, hiding in plain sight, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, just to touch back on what you were, um, what you were saying, um, it's it's a theory. I don't, you know, I, I I think it's it's throughout the paranormal field. They they think about it this way, but there's a, there's something that I've been thinking about is are all of these things all of these things because they seem to hinge on the person's perspective a human's perspective of yeah. it and like you were saying like w- with the phenomenon of aliens and ufos why why did it used to be a jellyfish or it used to be reptilian and nowadays it's it's the gray you know it's the it's the humanoid looking whatever gray and it seems to go things seem to come in chapters in waves and then all of a sudden we see this one thing like it's it's the entity of the moment or whatever like is it hinging on us on our perspective on our ability to see it and handle it that whatever thing is at that moment same with other thing you know other aspects of the paranormal too why some people see ghosts or shadow people or don't or you know see it in a certain way why some people only see evil well, you know like yeah the, the the way that I, the only way that i can kind of 
um, I've thought about that before with um, the alien phenomenon and the people experiencing stuff. And obviously, yeah, people have experienced stuff. Mm-hmm. I I personally know people that have seen some right wacky stuff, and I think I wouldn't I wouldn't call them a liar because I know them personally, and I know they wouldn't right. they wouldn't make something like, like that. But the fact is that um, I think that the only difference is that the reason I say that the phenomenon, whatever it is, is possibly able to interpret what we our perceptions and our fears or whatever it might be is mm-hmm. because um it's because of one of two things really um and i mentioned this on another episode a, a while ago is firstly uh if we go back to like the the 1950s the 1960s and you look at and you look at uh what was in pop culture back then well it was flash gordon it was the rocket ships to the moon it was all that kind of stuff and and we were making like you know dustbin lid alien men and they were like you know the robots from space or whatever so that was in the kind of public consciousness so if this phenomenon is a phenomenon that presents itself in the way that the public understand then you're going to see stuff like that so right. modern day uh um aliens okay modern day is going to be more like um the Whitley Strieber because Whitley Strieber's interpretation of 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 what he experienced is uh is out there it's out there everywhere and everybody thinks of the gray now and everybody talks about not's not to say that everyone has seen or read Whitley Strieber's book that it had an experience with a gray you know mm-hmm. there's there's people out there that you most probably don't even know who he is and don't never seen any of his literature or stuff but they have ex- they've had an experience and it is the same sort of thing so it you, it doesn't it doesn't mean to say that um uh you, you have you know you have to have a knowledge of it it's that the it's the phenomenon that is presenting itself to you in that way mm-hmm. you are interpreting you are interpreting it how it wants you to interpret it's you don't get right. a choice on what you see you're being presented because that is it's got the power of your perception if for example it came in my room and i was so scared and then all of a sudden i was i was really happy and i was happy to see it it's got it's got some sort of control over your your mental facility you know your mental ability to be scared to run away to get angry for example Travis Walton, uh, when he got abducted, he was mm-hmm. on the ship. He woke up. He was on an examination table. Uh, he saw these little grey creatures. He thought, "What the f- is that going on?" He got up. He grabbed um, a what he called a tube, but some sort of thing. He hit one of them, clonked him, fell over. It went out the room. They didn't say anything. They just wanted to get him and you know put him back on the table. Uh, they saw he was he was you know he was getting violent, so they left the room. A few moments later, right, um, a couple of uh, humanoid people came in and started talking to him, saying like, "Calm down, calm down. It's right. going to be all right. It's going to be fine." Now, what's going on there? Is he? What's he actually seeing? Are they actually people, or are, is that is that being projected to him so that he doesn't no longer becomes violent? You know. Right. So, uh, right. you know, yeah. I, I, that's why I think the phenomenon is um, it's changing. It changes to the way that we perceive it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a spaceship in the sky or a little green man or whatever. It's what it's what it wants it to present itself to us. Sometimes it's not even it's just the, it, we, you talk, you touched on ghosts just then. 
and about mm-hmm. the paranormal and about people getting having experiences with the paranormal. Um, I, I think that, we, you know, uh, there's a lot of us out there that have had experiences with the paranormal that uh, that didn't even know you had an experience with the paranormal, that you've seen a ghost and never had not, no idea that you've seen a ghost because it was so real. You might have walked mm-hmm. into a house and saw a person that walked past you and for all you know, that person was a ghost. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I wonder, you know, is it, if, if this is the case and it's, is presenting itself in in a way that we can perceive it, you know, we don't have a choice in it, it just presents itself in that way. I wonder, you know, is it something, we're just theorizing here, but is it something for our benefit or is it this totally separate kind of reality going side by side, you know, coinciding with our reality and they're dipping into our side of things for some reason, presenting themselves to us for some reason. I don't know. I, I Those are the random thoughts I have. I'm like, is well, it for our, yeah. that you are changing your appearance or, or, or these things are changing and, and I do see it in this way. I wonder. Well, we could go. I mean, coming, I know, I know we're going off. <laughs> we're coming to the end of this uh, show episode now. So uh, why not? Just, I'm going to throw the book wide open. Okay. So <laughs> okay. here's one for you. Maybe, maybe that the whole phenomenon of um, not so much ghosts, uh, because that is a kind of a thing, although I think it's all connected. All right. Uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to aliens, UFOs um, and the stuff that's going on at the moment where there's there's sightings going on and people are you know the, even the governments are starting to admit we don't know what it is uh, and it can mm-hmm. elude you know our technology it can elude it it can accelerate away at massive speeds away from our fighter jets that they got no chance and it's like see ya um, mm-hmm. now what if that phenomenon was a was a was a manifestation of our planet and it's a way that our planet is trying to protect itself because it's now perceiving us as a sickness that we are now that we are but since you know because let's be honest this whole phenomenon of um the more the more the planet seems to get polluted the more that we have these 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 wars and killing and stuff the more that this phenomenon seems to be prevalent in our skies and and it's now presenting itself uh, up to the point where it's hovering over military ships going yeah, we're here. What are you going to do? You know, we're in charge, so you need to sort it out. You know, it's 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 more like what if the planet is now saying, okay, enough is enough. We need to sort mm-hmm. this out because you are now becoming a problem. I mean, I don't know. I mean, but it's it, you you think about people say that the planet is a is a is a living organism, and in a way, right. in a way, yeah. it is. You know, mm-hmm. in a way, it is. And if you think of Right. So if you think of animals, right, there's a lot of animals out out there that have symbiotic relationships with other animals, which in in theory, they should eat them, you know, Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. little birds, the little birds will come along and then they'll go up to the the crocodile. The crocodile will open his mouth and the little bird will go inside and have a peck around and -hmm. clean his teeth for him. And then he'll go off and then the bird's got a little dinner. He's had some food (laughs) and the crocodile's got clean teeth. (laughs) <laughs> so he ain't going to get too fake but in reality there's what's stopping that crocodile from munching that bird going oh what's that's some more food for me because right. it's a symbiotic relationship he knows the bird is going to clean his teeth or you know 
It's like fish. When you go under the water, you get the big fish and the little fish come along and they clean all the dead scales off. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a symbiotic relationship. And unfortunately, we're not being very symbiotic with the uh, with the planet because we're just going mental and, and trying to blow each other up. You know, okay. so that maybe the okay. planet has got a consciousness and yeah. that what we're seeing in our skies is a product of the planet, you know, okay. in some way. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's manifesting in this way. That is an incredible idea. Um, I've never really thought about it that way. <laughs> Just, <laughs> we we, we uh, got gonna... crazy today, yeah. but you know what? I love a good theory. Well, there you go. I think uh, I think we've uh, I've come to the end of this episode. I always like to I always like to um, leave people on a, a cliffhanger because you know there's always be a part two, then won't there? I, you know that means you'll have to come back because we'll have to continue this conversation at some point. Oh, I'm down. I'm there. Good. So anyway, what have you got planned for uh, Christmas? You got any uh, got any Christmas podcasts uh, in in the mix? No, I don't. Just because I got out of uh, out of Halloween and and the October speed, I I had been thinking for a second maybe do like a like a radio drama or something, you know, just something fun for Christmas. But um, I am going to go back to what I used to do before and take a little break. I will be back with the new season, season five in the new year, fresh bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. But I I'm a, I'm gonna be taking a break here pretty soon. I got my conclusion episode next week um and then i'm, I'm gonna take a couple weeks for myself okay cool well everybody deserves a holiday so you know you do put a lot of work into your episodes i must say the so you know uh, a couple I, weeks I try mm. i try yeah it's cool anyway all right so uh for me i don't know yet um christmas time um i think i might do something but i'm not sure what i'm gonna do yet maybe so um but i'll do well, I something like the ghost i like the ghost stories you've been yeah, telling you can um, do a whole I might do something like that or I might, I, I, I don't know. I had this, I had this mad idea the other day to do some sort of paranormal quiz. Oh, okay. Who knows? I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's experimenting and see what works, but that'll be at Christmas. Uh, I'm going to keep it a secret until then. Cause I just don't know what I'm <laughs> going to do. <laughs> anyway. Uh, thanks again, uh, Kristen for joining us. I hope everybody enjoyed uh, our conversation. It went a bit all over the place, but that's the way sometimes these episodes are. And they're quite fun as well to do because we never know where we're going to end up. Uh, And until next episode, talk to you soon. 